welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed on iTunes and leaving a comment. Also, by subscribing on iTunes, never missing one single show, going back and checking the archives, all that great stuff. I thank you very much for doing that. New listeners, welcome. Old friends, thank you once again. And for putting up with me, because it's been two weeks since I've done a show, and I had like a really cool three days off in a row from work last week, and I I spent, I mean, I was doing some fun stuff, but at the same time, I had no voice, and it was horrible. (laughs) So, no show last week, and it's just unfortunate. My voice has finally recovered uh, to where it's show-worthy, as I like to call it, so... Sorry about that, everybody out there, loyal friends of the show. But I will try to get another show out within this next week uh, to kind of make up for it because it's just one of those things. I'm sure you're busy listening to other podcasts and doing life things, and this isn't, you know, a life and death thing to you. But it is to me. At least it feels like it. It. I love doing it, and it's an obligation at the same time. I I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you you maybe know what I'm thinking so let's just move on last episode we did the one and duns the bands that put out one record and called it quits or at least one proper studio record and as kind of a tie-in i'm gonna do the two and throughs this week bands that put out two proper studio albums and then called it a day for various reasons i think i got a pretty good lineup here so let's kick things off and then i'll get into some comments and emails and some podcast shout-outs. That'll be a lot of fun. Some very surprising things going on here at Rock Strikes 10. It makes me very excited and hopeful for the future. The first song here is by a band that ties into the last episode because on the One and Done episode, I played a band called Imperial Drag, which featured past members of the band Jellyfish. And now, since uh, sadly... Jellyfish has only put out two proper studio albums. I'm going to play you something by them to kick off the show. Big fan of this band, and like I said, the family tree involved. Very cool musical family to get into all aspects of Jellyfish. Start from there, and then branch out. Really no pun intended there, honestly. First song is the second track off of their second album called Spilt Milk, which came out in 1993, and it was the last record they would ever put out. But man, what a great band while it lasted. So here you go, this is Jellyfish with Joining a Fan Club. She turned the nightlight on and blew him a kiss He stared back through his green Crayola eyes She traced his likeness from off the back of the disc to the box top promise of the biggest prize
All right, there you go. Kicking things off properly with the late great Jellyfish with joining a fan club off of their sophomore and final album called Spilt Milk from 1993. You know, I thought this whole time, like, uh, up until about a year ago, that one of my favorite rock and roll people ever, Eric Dover, I thought that he was in the band from, like, day one. Turns out I was totally wrong. He only did the tour for Spilt Milk as the lead singer. Uh, Of course, all of the vocals were handled on those two albums by Andy Sturmer, who also played drums for the band. So, one of those rare singer-drummers. There, there, there's, there's a few out there. There's a decent amount, but uh, that, that's another thing that made them unique. And of course, you got the great Roger Manning on keyboards, who did wind up in Imperial Drag with Eric Dover later on, and did some stuff with Beck. But yeah, it's a shame. Maybe at some point there could be a proper Jellyfish reunion. I would like to see it, and I'm sure it would actually do a lot better now than it did when it was new. I just have that feeling. The music has aged so well. Anyway, speaking of the joining a fan club, let's at least call it a friend club. This is as good a time as any to bring up the fact that I started a new contest for the show, actually the initial first contest ever for Rock Strikes 10, with the ulterior motive of helping me get new listeners and friends of the show. So please turn people on to Rock Strikes 10 and have them check in with me, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or the personal email, joey at cnjradio.com, and say hello, I'm a new listener, and so-and-so, whether it be Adam Arthur or... Robert Coulter or Mike Cranston or Todd Cunningham or people like that say that they sent me and I will give you a point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the year for the year-end shows, I will announce the winner for this awesome, massive, extreme rock and roll package of gifts and I'm adding to it every day. Pretty much on a daily basis, I am finding stuff to put in the package. So it's going to be a big one. I may even have to send it in separate parts. It's going to be that big, I think. So please get new people listening to the show and have them check in. That way I can get you in the point system. And once they start in, they can have their own new people come in. Like I said, it's like a pyramid thing, except it's not a scheme. It's it's a real thing. And you get free content like Rock Strikes 10, of course. Maybe checking out some of the other cnjradio.com shows such as the flagship show, The Wrestling House Show, which has recently relaunched as of last week, if you're a pro wrestling fan. Please go to it. There's the feed on iTunes and also on cnjradio.com. We relaunched with the granddaddy of them all, talking about every WrestleMania ever. So please go check that out if you're a fan or if you know like-minded fans. Also, if you're a fan of music, which obviously you're listening to this, and you want to check out some good alternative. I'm talking about good alternative. It's like jazz. There's a difference between good jazz and just jazz. Then you want to go to the Synaptic, which is also on cnjradio.com, hosted by the great Randy Brown, who not only is a friend of mine, but he's a damn fine host, and he goes through all of the music and cuts out all the crap and puts the best 1% on his show. A true alternative, a great guy, and a great show. So please check out the Synaptic. Just last week had Mark from the Toadies on the show in-house. Yes, I had somebody from the Toadies in my house. Be jealous. It was a good time. He was a good guy. And also go check out Mark's new comic book called Buzzkill, which came out on Dark Horse Comics this week. 
So if you're a comic book fan, see, I'm covering all bases of entertainment on this segment. So check out Buzzkill, and I wish him the best of luck with that, because Mark deserves it. He's a really good guy. All right, moving on here. Back to the two and throughs. Song number two is a band from England that I really, really, really liked, especially this first album. It's one of those bands that had a great first album and a really bad second album. So, of course, I'm going to play something from the first album. It was a eponymous self-titled record by a band called Elastica. Yes, I do like me some Elastica. That album they put out, that debut album, is a damn near perfect record. Love this record. Uh, it's one of those, like like Butler says, throw a dart and you pretty much hit on a good song. Very punk rock in the approach. You know, like, the songs are very short and to the point. I'm sure you've heard at least the hit that came off of that album called Connection. But I'm going to play you, I think this was the follow-up single, actually, if I'm not mistaken, to Connection. At least in the States it was. So here you go. This is Elastica with Car Song. Car Song by Elastica, surely probably one of the best songs, if not the best song ever written about having sex in a car and a Ford Fiesta, no less. So I hope you like that song. Like I said, that was from the 1995 record, simply titled Elastica. Get that record. I recommend it heavily as much as I do not recommend the second album. 
So, yeah, and also check out the video. Spike Jones did the video for this song, and it's really cool looking. Elements of Blade Runner and Ghostbusters and a lot of fun stuff in there. So, yes. All right, these next few songs here are kind of in a theme-related thing. It's bands that were created out of figuring out what to do when the 90s rolled around for some hard rock and metal-related acts. And I'm going to start off with a band called Fight. I think it's safe to say that Fight is dead, even though, you know, the spirit is still alive on the records. Uh, The great Rob Halford, of course, who actually, hey, here's a tie-in. He did one of the uh, theme songs to the Talking Metal podcast and television show. And uh, I have it on pretty decent authority that the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal is listening Not only is he listening and a subscriber, but he mentioned on an episode of Talking Metal that he actually actually promoted the show on Talking Metal, which was a massively big deal for me. Uh, Between him and Michael Butler, they are the reasons I do this, as far as being an influence as a podcaster. So it's amazing to know that that is going on right now. So thank you so much, Mark, for the kind words. Uh, not only did he mention it on the podcast, he mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, he had Rock Strikes 10 in like the five or six podcasts that he listens to. And wow, out of out of all the shows and you listen to mine, I consider you a friend now, Mark. So thank you very much. And you're welcome to come on the show anytime. But we were talking about Rob Halford and that that's how I got off on that tangent. But uh, he's, he left Judas Priest after the Painkiller record. What a great note to go out on at that time. And it seems like he was being very much influenced by the new metal that was going on. And I'm talking about the good new metal of the early 90s, such as, you know, like Sepultura and Pantera, of course. You could tell he was definitely into Pantera, especially when he listened to that first fight record, War of Words, which is probably the best Pantera record that Pantera didn't make. Uh, he even did a duet with Pantera on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer soundtrack, Light Comes Out of Black. You might be hearing that pretty soon on Rock Strikes 10. Tease. And I really like these two fight records. Yes, I like both the fight records. Some people really bagged on that second record, but I think the second record was great. Uh, it definitely had... Like, the first album is him listening to Pantera a lot, and the second album is him listening to Caius a lot. That's pretty much how I break it down the simplest of terms. So I'm going to play something off of that record. Uh, Once again from 1995, the album was called A Small Deadly Space. It was the second fight record and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to get too cute on it. I'm just going to play the song that was put out as the first single in video because I think it's a very strong song and it's really cool and it's definitely not what you're used to hearing Rob Halford throwing down. So I really dig it. Check it out. This is Fight with Blowout in the Radio Room.
Alright, there you go. That was Fight, featuring, of course, the iconic Rob Halford on vocals. That was Blowout in the Radio Room from their second album, A Small Deadly Space, from 1995. Go check that out. I recommend that, and I recommend War of Words. It's definitely a heavier record, that War of Words. There's actually a lot of fight material out there besides the two studio records, because Rob Halford is pretty much completely open up his vaults at like every session ever that he did as a solo artist is out there for you to get you can buy it directly from him on his website uh his downloads are actually cheaper than itunes i think i think he's got them at like 69 cents last i checked so if you want to buy directly from him he'll definitely make more money off of that and we we like that we like rob so he deserves all the money because he's the man and Rob also had a one-and-done project called Two, which I did not include on the last episode. I like the Two record, but I listened to it again. I don't. I didn't think it aged as well as the fight material, so that's another reason. There were a lot of things I cut off that one-and-done episode. And, and I know some of you out there actually had your own opinions about that. And I saw that there were some comments, like Mike Cranston, for instance. I, you know, I asked for you know people's favorite one-and-dones and that kind of thing. And he listed Jeff Buckley, Mother Love Bone, and the Sex Pistols. He said he would also include the Modern Lovers, but he wouldn't argue with anyone who thinks that they don't qualify. He excluded supergroups and collaborations from his list. As he says, most of those are doomed to be one and done from the moment they're conceived. Side 2 of Whitford St. Holmes was good, especially Spanish Boy. And then he went on to mention, according to Wikipedia, Bad City broke up, so add them to the list. And... I kind of wish I'd have seen that before I did the show, because if they've truly broken up, that's a damn shame. So I hope that's not the case. I hope they get back on their feet again. They need to just bring it all back with the original lineup and all that stuff. So that, that's a band that had massive potential. So let's hope they're not a one and done. But if they are, I will put them on the next version of that. Todd Cunningham also mentioned Jeff Buckley. He thought of him. Uh, he also said Bad City. Uh, Steve Arizina, he mentioned X-Ray Specs, but he said that they did have a follow-up, so I, I immediately disqualified him for that reason. He also mentioned the Germs Postal Service, which I thought they had more than one record, but I'll have to go check that out. I'm, I'm not a big Postal Service fan, but I, I, I really thought that they had done more records, so that's, that's interesting if they are one and done. Minor Threat, of course, and he mentioned the Exploding Hearts and the Monks, uh, and he's the one that actually got the ball rolling, I'm going to be playing Johnny Thunders for that episode, so thank you again Steve for that and also Mike Cranston came up later with Spirit Caravan and the Soft Boys, and then Todd Cunningham commented on some of the songs on the last episode, saying he liked the Life, Sex, and Death song and he really liked the Betty Blowtorch, never heard of her before his favorite on the episode was Imperial Drag, probably mine too right on Todd uh, he had never heard of him, and he had, had the Diamond Knight song that I played from a classic rock magazine sampler. Really liked it. Bum, they aren't around anymore either. Yeah, you and me both need to check out more songs of theirs. Yes, definitely. And like I said, since they're charging so much on Amazon for physical, I would have to recommend you just download it off of iTunes, because I did find out it is available on iTunes for sure. So once again, go buy that Diamond Knight record, Popsicle. It's one of my favorite records of all time. I think that's it for the comments on One and Done, so thank you everybody for sending those in. I, I, It's awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that, everybody. So, continuing on, kind of with the theme, like with Rob Halford starting his own band in the 90s after he left Priest, after Dee Snider left Twisted Sister in, I think it was 88, 
87, 88, right after that Love is for Suckers tour, the band just completely fell apart, which is a shame because I'm a massive Twisted Sister fan. So glad they're back together and at least playing sporadic shows every year. They only play like half a dozen shows every year, but that's definitely what makes them special and unique amongst their peers. As a, you know, they don't apparently they don't have to work, and good for them. But the the, the band that D started up right after Twisted Sister, a band that was originally called Desperado, and I mentioned these guys a few months ago on the show because after Clive Burr of Iron Maiden died, I mentioned that he was in the original lineup of Desperado, along with Dee Snyder, Bernie Torme, and Mark Russell. And it finally did come out on CD, that album Ace, which I'm not going to play something from that. I'm actually, because that, that's, that would be a one and done technically, Desperado. I'm going to play something off the band Widowmaker, which is what Desperado turned into. Mark Russell stayed in the band, but they brought in Joe Franco, who was Twisted Sister's last drummer, who played on Lemus for Suckers and did the tour, and also the great Al Petrelli on lead guitar, who had just got done playing with Alice Cooper, so that was a natural fit right there. I was so into these Widowmaker records. The two albums, Blood and Bullets and Stand By for Pain, I, I still stand by them, and I still think they're massively underrated metal records, because they're pretty damn heavy, especially, you know, D was always a, a very hard rock and metal-minded guy, one of the greatest frontmen of all time still to this day. Uh, and, you know, it was it was the 90s, so you, you would want to go heavier, basically. But, you know, I, I thought that he got into it so well, it didn't seem desperate. It actually seemed pretty honest. So that, to me, is what separates something like Widowmaker away from something else like that, that maybe one of D's peers did in the 90s or even some of those bands that stayed together and tried to put out like you know grunge sounding albums or more industrial sounding albums just to be more 90s and it just reeked of desperation but I thought D really eased in really well with the heavier rock of the time and I could literally play anything off of these two Widowmaker records and I think I could sell you on it especially if you're a fan of the genre but I'm just going to go ahead and play the first song off of their first record, Blood and Bullets. This is a song called Am I Evil? <laughs>
All right, there you go. If you weren't awake before that, you are now. That was M.I. Evil, which is kind of spelled in a Slade style. Uh, you'll you'll know what I mean when you see it, but that was the first track off of their album, Blood and Bullets, their debut album. And they only put out one more album called Stand By for Pain after that, which is kind of their Sandinista in the sense that it was conceived from first writing to final recording in the span of a month less than a month. I think it was three weeks according to the info I have on it, but I think both records are worth checking out. If you've never heard of Widowmaker and I know there was a band I think in the 60s or 70s in England called Widowmaker also, but not to be confused with them, but Dee Snider's Widowmaker. Alright, the next song is, uh, kind of ties in pretty well with those last two songs. This was a band that was spawned out of a couple of different lineup changes from a couple of different bands. A band called Union, the two most notable people in question from the band, of course, was John Karabi, who had just got done, I think, with the great Motley Crue album that he did on lead vocals. I, I stand by that record. I know a lot of people are big fans of that record. It's definitely worth looking into. It's, uh, you know, I, I still say that if they had changed the name and put it out, it would have been huge. But it, since it was under the Motley Crue name and it sounded nothing like Motley Crue as far as singing style and material and theme, it of course tanked. But it, it's a damn shame. And I saw them on that tour with John, and John sounded amazing singing the new stuff and singing the old stuff too. And so I instantly became a fan of John Karabi and have followed his work ever since. And of course, the great Bruce Kulick on lead guitar, who spent a good 12 years in Kiss before they got back together with their original lineup. So Bruce was actually in the band longer than Ace. I think as a total, or he tied him. It's pretty close. It's pretty neck and neck there. But I'm a big Bruce fan. Still follow his work as well. And they started this band called Union at the dusk of the 90s. And they put out two records, so I'm going to play something off of their first record, simply titled Union. And this is actually probably one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song, on the debut album. And it's it's basically the ballad on the record, it's called October Morning Wind. And I like this style better, honestly. I thought that a lot of bands in the late 90s and early 2000s were kind of doing that whole non-chorus with the wah-wah, you know, wow-wow-wow-wow, you know, like, I mean, every fucking band was doing that. It was just, it just got so generic, and a song like this really stands out on the record now, especially. So check it out. Here you go. This is Union with October Morning Wind.
October Morning Wind off of their 1998 record just simply called Union so go check that out like I said that's probably my favorite song on the record I, I know that might be a bit off of the beaten path of what you might expect from me but hey Rock Strikes Tennis full of surprises right and this next song here actually ties in pretty well with the last song and it's just kind of out of the Motley family tree and a few other bands I'm going to play something by Brides of Destruction. I think it's safe to say that this band is pretty much done as well, which is, is sad for me because I was really enjoying Brides of Destruction. When they initially came out, I, I bought that first album, and I listened to it to death. I listened to it so much, probably like every day for almost a year. And I went and saw them live when they came to town. By the time they got to Dallas on the first tour, Nikki Six, who, you know, conceived the band basically with Tracy Guns of LA Guns. By the time they got to Dallas, Nicky was already off the road with him. He had left the band to get back with Motley Crue. Uh, you know, kind of kind of going where the money is there, but in his place, brought in Scotty Sorry, who I love Scott Sorry. His band Sorry and the Sinatras is great, and I, I'm assuming because he got the Brides gig, uh, you know, they, the Ginger from the Wild Hearts, he came in 
uh, to be a second guitarist on the tour, and I'm sure he was doing a little bit of networking too, but he wound up in the band for a little bit, and so that's the only time I've had the honor of seeing Ginger play live, and he wound up co-writing the entire second album with Brides of Destruction, so it's kind of a toss-up with me. I think I still like the first album overall best, Here Come the Brides, but... I think there's some gems on that second album, Runaway Bride, so I'm going to play you something off of that, because maybe you haven't heard anything off that record. You probably haven't heard anything off the first one, to be honest, but, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a really solid hard rock, melodic hard rock, a little bit of punk element here and there, so it, it definitely had the attitude, so it ha- has a little bit of everything that I like in rock and roll, so that's why I'm a big Brides of Destruction fan, and this song, to me, really stuck out on the second record. I... Uh, initially, I was pretty let down by the second one. I, I didn't think it was produced too well, to be honest, and which is horrible of me to say, uh, because Andy Johns was the producer on it, and I I just don't know, I don't know the mix. I don't know. Maybe it was the guy that mixed it. I don't know, but I just didn't like the sound of this album originally. This, to me, is if you're gonna cherry pick off of the second album, this is the one to go for. It's a really cool song, and I just. I love everything about this song, even the absolutely over-the-top brash vocal stylings of London, who, uh, you know, he came into the band initially, and he got a lot of flack because basically he was Nikki Six's hairdresser, so how are you not going to get shit for that? But I think he really proved himself, he proved himself on stage and on record, and proved that he belonged in rock and roll. I wonder what he's doing right now, I'm going to have to look him up, but all that being said, and me rambling and doing geeky nerd facts check out this song this is off the second album by brides of destruction runaway brides song is called never say never check this one out
Alright, there you go. That was Brides of Destruction with Never Say Never. The lineup on that song actually, officially, was Tracy Guns on lead guitar, Scotty Sorry on bass, Ginger on rhythm guitar. Like I said, he also co-wrote all the songs on that record. And the great London Legrand on vocals. I think that's one of the strongest vocals I, I may have ever heard. I think he really just brought it on that song, especially... Uh, doesn't hurt that London was a really cool guy when I met him. I went, I found out, I was just looking him up as I was listening to the song. I, I just can't turn that song off when I'm listening to it. So I was reading up on him. He formed a band called Souls of We with George Lynch after Brides broke up. And they put out an album called Let the Truth Be Known in 2008. I'm glad I know that now. I didn't know that then. So I'm going to go check that record out. Uh, George is working on something with uh, Doug from King's X, and it sounds really good. I just heard a sample of that this week. But, uh, yeah, all that being said, uh, London was really cool, and it's funny because when I was talking to him, uh, at the time I had, like, a full, like, what do you call it, like the uh, facial hair going all through the chin line, like, kind of going to the center and just, you know, full line. And he started talking about that, and I thought that was kind of interesting and kind of weird, but he... He was basically saying, oh man, I wish I could do that. Because I guess some people, I, I didn't realize that not everybody can, can do that, I guess, or, or get it to grow in full or something. But he was just going about, oh man, I, I, can't, I can't do that, so I have to do this. And he pointed to the side of his face. And I didn't realize when he was singing, I thought that was just facial hair. But he had gotten like these little sideburns, like these like kind of like flame sideburns, like tattooed on his face. So I was just like, wow, that's, that's insane, crazy, but rock and roll at the same time. So there you go. Like I said, go check out those two Brides of Destruction records if you haven't heard them. I think you're going to really enjoy them. And speaking uh, real quick uh, of awesome people from California, uh, definitely going to give a mention to the great John Dist and his show, The Bullpit. I, I really love that show. You know, I mentioned before my buddy Randy Brown here of the Synaptic is a true alternative. John is also definitely a true alternative, and I don't throw that phrase around lightly. Uh, if you know, I, I I definitely recommend the Bullpit. You should be listening and subscribing to that show. It's it's completely different from what I do at Rock Strikes Ten, and completely different from what the Synaptic does, and that's why he's great. So and go support his album Red Flag. I actually link the bullpit on every show note that I do for this because I recommended that heavily so you should be checking this stuff out like I said thanks John and thanks for mentioning the show as well on your show uh, that was awesome to hear uh, always a surprise but always love to hear it alright this next one goes out to you just because this is uh, d uh, sad to and through because it, it uh, death basically told the tale for this one uh, it was the second album and final by the great Tommy Bolin. As you know, I'm a big Tommy Bolin fan, and uh, makes me so mad that he just pissed away his talents on substance abuse. But man, yeah. So this is off of his second album, Private Eyes. This is uh, pretty different from what you would expect from just a, a amazing hard rocker such as Tommy. You know, guitar god, if I do say so. I, I think so. But this is kind of, uh, you know, I always think this would be cool like in some 70s exploitation film or something. It really does have that feel about it. So that's why I wanted to play it for you here because it's not like the stuff you would expect to hear from Tommy Boland. So here you go 
Off of Private Eyes, this is Shake the Devil. That is some 70s rock and roll for you. That was Tommy Boland with Shake the Devil off of his 1976 and final record called Private Eyes. I know Teaser kind of gets all the press still when anybody ever talks about him, but I like Private Eyes a lot, and that's one of the reasons for sure. So 
Go check it out. Get some Tommy Bolin in your life. You won't be sorry. Yeah, everything else that came out after Private Eyes is all posthumous, and it's not fully realized studio, so that's why I think he belongs on this list. Yeah, uh, he actually died while he was promoting this record, so just just really sad all around. I, I think, speaking of death, I think we have enough deaths now to do another Fallen episode, so I will definitely get around to that. I've got a bunch of shows lined up. Uh, a lot of great themes, so I haven't forgot about you guys. Uh, I I got a few commissioned lists for the show, so very excited about doing those. So just letting you know, Robert and Adam, I have not forgotten about your suggestions. So they are, I'm being they're being worked on as we speak. So keep an eye out for that. I got my CNJ Radio partner Chris, who's doing an excellent job. Like I said on the WrestleMania house shows. He's going to come in on the next episode, and we're going to talk some Grand Theft Auto. Uh, the music of, that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of variety on that episode, so look out for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Whether you're a fan of the video game series or not, the music is always interesting. So I think you're really going to dig that one. So stuff to look forward to, and always, you know, maybe some odds and ends down the road. And already gearing up for the year-end shows. Jeez, Halloween episodes also. I forgot about the Halloween stuff. That's going to be fun. I already have some plans for that. So please stay subscribed on Rock Strikes 10. Big things happening. More guests to come down the road. I've got at least one more awesome confirmed guest, uh, you know, down the road here sooner than later. So, ooh, right. Let's get back into the music. You know, I was talking about the comments on the one and done earlier, and, and Mike Cranston had mentioned that you know supergroups are doomed to fail from the get-go pretty much and I, I wanted to include this one supergroup on the two and through because you know number one I really love the band and number two the fact that they stuck around for two records uh, means that they were ahead of the curve as far as supergroups go so they obviously seem to really enjoy each other's company so I'm gonna play you something by of course the traveling Wilburys um, what can you say about the Traveling Wilburys? If people put together a list of the greatest supergroups of all time, these guys would probably top all of them. I mean, it's hard to argue with the massive amount of talent that was put together for this. Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty, George Harrison, Roy Orbison, and even Bob Dylan. Yes, Bob Dylan, who I'm not a big fan of, but he has a decent part on this song, and this seems like one of his compositions for sure, and that's not an insult. So I'm going to play you my favorite song off of the first Traveling Wilburys record, just simply called Volume 1. This is Tweeter and the Monkey Man. Tweeter and the Monkey Man were hard up for cash. They stayed up all night selling cocaine and hash. To an undercover cop who had a sister named...
Alright, there you go. That was Tweeter and the Monkey Man by the Traveling Wilburys off of Volume 1. 1988, I want to say, because Roy died in 89, so yeah, that makes sense. Uh, they went on to do one more record uh, just as a four-piece without Roy Orbison, and I had heard, I'd, I'd read that there was even talks of them bringing in Del Shannon to be the fifth Wilbury uh, around the dawn of the 90s, but then he wound up killing himself right before all that, and Tom was going to be a big part in his comeback, and it just wasn't to be. <laughs> so, you know, all of Del Shannon's stuff is pretty depressing, so I guess it's no surprise he killed himself, but the fact that he did it, like, 30 years after he was big is just kind of weird to me, but... Anyway, all that being said, uh, and, and I like that second Wilbury's record. It's, it's not as strong as the first one, but I think it's still worth listening to. And you can get that big reissue pack that has both records plus a DVD on there, so that's definitely the, the thing I would recommend to buy if you're going to buy one thing. Tom actually added Tweeter and the Monkey Man to the uh, Heartbreaker set list around some of the special theater shows he was doing this year, so I hope that material surfaces. I'd love to hear uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers version of Tweeter. That would be pretty damn cool. That song always makes me think of Sam Kennison, too, when I hear it, because he mentioned that song a lot in the Rolling Stone interview he did that year that the record was out, and he basically uh, said on stage that he lied his ass off in that interview, so, talking about all the things he did, just you know, just to kind of build the image up at the time, but <laughs> they said they would crank up that song and sacrifice cats, you know, and stuff like that, which is total crap, but it's it's funny. Sam is truly one of the funniest men that ever lived, so. And another guy that's very, very well missed. I miss Sam as much as I miss Roy Orbison, so. All right. Second to last song here. I always like to end the show strong. This band, I, I to me, this one's a head-scratcher. I guess I'm just going to blame... You know the label, lack of payola or, or what have you on this, but I, I've never understood how Drain STH from Stockholm, Sweden, how how this band never got huge. Because here's a band that it, it's they're from Sweden and it's an all-girl band and they look like supermodels and they play like Sabbath. Like how did that not work? I I don't understand. It has to be one of those factors I mentioned before. And their first album, Horror Wrestling, is really good. But the second album, that second album, Freaks of Nature, is above and beyond the first album. I think it's one of the best albums of the 90s, period. It came out in 1999. And you just got to hear this record. If you've never heard Drain STH, Freaks of Nature, you must get this record. It is so damn powerful. It's one of the best metal albums I've probably ever heard. And I, I, it sounds like a cliche, but I could play anything off of this record and you would be like, wow, at least that's what I think. So I'm going to play you my favorite song off of the album. It's actually towards the end of the record. So, and it's just, it's the peak of the album for me here. So here you go. This is Drain STH with Right Through You.
Drain STH with Right Through You, and you can find that on the excellent, excellent record from 1999 called Freaks of Nature. Go get that. The song actually contains a co-write on the song Black by Mr. Tony Iommi, who wound up marrying the lead singer of Drain STH, Maria, and that, that seemed to be all she wrote for Drain. They broke up in 2000. And I actually saw Drain on OzFest 97, so that might be where they met, I'm assuming. And, uh, yeah, uh, 
gotta be half his age but good for you tony you you invented heavy metal so you deserve the 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 wife half your age and and all that stuff and and yeah anyway go get that record it's it's pretty damn amazing if you do not like that record i will i will personally personally refund you how about that let's do that and another band i would completely give you 100% of your money back if you hated this band because they're that good Last band I'm going to play here on the show today is a band much like when I played the Diamond Knights on the last episode, a band from New York City, who, how they didn't make it, I don't know. Uh, once again, maybe, I, I know that they put out their first album on Capitol, and Capitol literally dropped them uh, before the, al- the album even had a chance to breathe. So that sucks. Uh, you know... I don't know how you don't market a record like this, especially at the time where everybody's doing throwback, you know, garage rock oriented stuff. This is a band that has tons of punk and rock and just great attitude. I try to describe this band and I say it's like it's like going to a bill of Cheap Trick and the replacements and between the bands they play Johnny Thunders and Steve Bader's records over the PA. That's how freaking cool the Star Spangles were. They only put out the two records. They put out Bazooka back in 2003, and then the follow-up Dirty Bomb in 2007. They're both equally amazing records, but let's just go... I'm going to go very obvious in the sense that the only single they ever released is this song I'm going to play for you. This is the song that sold me on them. I saw them play this on Letterman whenever the record came out, and... I was blown away. I immediately bought the record the next day. So that kind of stuff still works when it's done right. So uh, and go look up the video for this or their Letterman appearance uh, for this song. It's it's in my top songs of all time, hands down. So here you go. Without further ado, closing out the show here today just right, here are the Star Spangles with Which of the Two of Us is Gonna Burn This House Down? Talk about 
show that was the star spangles with which of the two of us is going to burn this house down you can find that on the bazooka record from 2003 just a perfect record you got to go check it out not too perfect just that perfect amount actually of that classic old school punk sloppiness but it just locks in perfectly best way i can describe it i want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today Please, please go to cnjradio.com. There are the links for the iTunes feed, which if you want to send that to your friends, tell them to subscribe. Please do that. There's the Twitter link, the Facebook, like all that stuff. Check in. Enter that contest. Get yourself an awesome rock and roll prize package that will not suck. It's going to be great. And while you're on cnjradio.com, check out our other shows. The flagship, The Wrestling House Show, recently relaunched and reformatted and better than ever starting with the Wrestlemania series also the Synaptic hosted by Randy Brown a true alternative go check it out uh, what else to say uh, like I said another shout out to Mark Striegel of Talking Metal go to Talking Metal Digital go uh, just leave that up while you're at work or around the house you won't be sorry That that's a great streaming service to have and for free you can't beat it uh, go check out the bullpit on iTunes uh, what else what else is going on out there I don't know but next episode like I said the music of Grand Theft Auto featuring myself and my CNJ radio partner Chris we're going to throw down some crazy stuff of all types of music so tune in for that I'm going to go play some of that now actually before I go to work it's, uh, there's never enough time there's never enough time But thanks again for tuning in see you on the next one Sooner than later. Have fun. Right over me. The captain.